Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the In Search of series here on the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. Joining me from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Oliver Oxide. Hello, all. How's it going? Super, thanks. How about you? Excellent. And from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier. How the heck are you? I am doing well. We are talking about In Search of uh, Episode uh, Season 6, Episode 7, Jim Jones. Now, my my initial thought on this was... Uh, I, I I was curious to see what they did and didn't know so soon after Jonestown because this took place in 1978, um, and I'm assuming this episode was probably written probably in 1980 sometime. So you know you're talking about you know only about two years from. This, uh, you know, from this tragedy. Um, Oliver, what were your impressions of this episode? Well, this is kind of right up my alley with this kind of stuff, and I really enjoyed it. I thought that they did a really, really solid job of uh, of kind of um, addressing what you brought up, Jason, was that, uh, you know, they really didn't know as much as we certainly know now about Jonestown and about Jim Jones. Uh, but I thought that they did as best they could, and I thought it was a snappy 22 minutes, and so far my favorite episode of uh, Season 6. Excellent. Steve, what were your impressions? Well, I would have to agree. Um, I think this is probably one of the top episodes of all of the seasons. Because um, the way I thought about it is, like, In Search Of got out of the way. Mm-hmm. Right? It didn't do the In Search Of stuff. Right. Right, the the strength of of this. I mean, obviously, we got the Leonard Nimoy voiceovers and him at the end and stuff like that. But essentially, what they did is they just told the story mm-hmm. and let the survivors tell their stories. Yes, and so they so they didn't do like the the, the in search of stuff, right? They didn't. So then that's why I say the in search of kind of got out of the way mm-hmm. and just told the story uh, as best they could. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it it was. I gotta say, it would, how how do I put this? I have watched plenty of documentaries on Jonestown, um, and they covered in twenty two minutes what a lot of the a lot of hour long documentaries struggle to cover. I mean, they, mm-hmm. I mean, they hit all the points. They didn't spend a lot of time on 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 any single point because well you can't you know not in twenty two minutes, but I mean they gave a good backstory, and then uh, you know a good backstory of Jim Jones himself, and then a pretty good summation of what happened. He, uh, let's see. Uh, well, let's speaking of Leonard Nimoy, let's let him talk. 
Reverend Jim Jones was one of the most bizarre religious leaders America has ever known. On November 18, 1978, he ordered his followers to commit suicide. Why did over 900 people follow one man to their doom? How did Jim Jones control so many lives? Well, the the one thing I do have to disagree with is uh, I don't think he was one of the most bizarre uh, cult leaders in America. Uh, there were there were plenty, uh, and I think you know. Uh, let let me just say uh, Moonies. <laughs> so, L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron, yes. David Berg, the Maharishi. I mean, let's just let's just do a group photo. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um. So originally, when I when I heard this clip, I thought you know he was saying that. All these people, you know, how did he get 900 people to basically commit suicide? Um, but it turned, when I hear it again, it's, you know, he got these people to follow him to Guyana. So I, I was a little bit wrong. You know, I was, I was a little wrong in my interpretation of what he was saying. So, um, it turns out though, you know, a spoiler alert for the end here. Uh, most people know. Most of the people in Jonestown did not willingly uh, drink the poison. the 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 mistaken The mistaken adage of uh, "drink the Kool Aid." It was Flavor Aid. Mm-hmm. Um, even though in this episode he does refer to it as Kool Aid, yes, but he was wrong uh, on a lot of things. Um, also, by the way, uh, Jim Jones himself did not drink the Kool-Aid or Flavor-Aid. Uh, he had one of his guards shoot him in the head because he was a coward. Um, so we returned from the title sequence, uh, to, I, I did not get this clip. I wish I did. I, I. Like Oliver said before we started recording, we probably could have done this episode line by line. But it comes back from from the title sequence of him saying, you know, people have to be like him, including be courageous like him. Yeah. Um, yeah see my previous comment about him being a coward because he was the one who was shot in the head. Um, so Jim Jones, is a, he was a charismatic preacher. Um who preached uh, racial equality and uh, financed his financed the first racially integrated church? And I, I found this funny by by selling monkeys door to door. Yeah, that was creepy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's what would become the People's Temple. Talk about talk about. Would you like to see my monkey? I mean, it's just <laughs> wow. So, uh, anyone have anything else to add at this time? I mean, after talking about selling monkeys door to door, I mean, what else could you add? <laughs> yeah, I got nothing after selling monkeys. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a change from encyclopedias, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Didn't he, he imported them from somewhere? Um, well, please, don't, please so. don't say, please don't say Guyana. <laughs> no, no, I think Belize. Close no. enough, though. 
All right, next clip. Grace Stone was a top aide to Jim Jones. Uh, Jim Jones wasn't a Christian. Um, he was an atheist, and Jim used to have people uh, bring the Bibles into the church, and he would throw them down, he would stomp on them, he would spit on them, and he would talk about using the pages for toilet paper. Debbie Layton was a member of the Temple Planning Commission. Uh, Jim Jones was a brilliant man. Clever, deceitful, and evil, but he was very, very clever. And he read all the books on sociology and psychology and other cults and brainwashing, and he knew exactly what to say and what to do to impress and influence other people. Hmm. Um, he, did, he, he apparently did, in a New York Times article, admit that he was an agnostic and an atheist. But, I mean, if if you're going to use him as the baseline for all atheists, uh, please don't. Um, uh, apparently, uh, his wife said in a in 1977 that her husband was trying to promote Marxism through religion, and using religion to get people out of the opiate of religion. Steve, would you like to uh, reply to that? Um, uh, there's a lot, of, lot wrong with that. My Marxism obviously isn't a religion. Um, right. First of all, um, I mean, I, it was interesting that he, he used the opiate, the idea of the opiate, because mm-hmm. you know he he is he is sort of uh, mirroring the words that Marx used. Well, he was he was using you know this this faux Christian religion. Yeah, uh, you know, to get people out of religion. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, they you know they say in that clip, you know, he he was clever. I I think to get as far as he did and do what he did, I think you have to be pretty clever and you got to be pretty damn smart. I have I have no doubt that Jim Jones was incredibly smart. He was also incredibly insane. Uh, a sociopath, but he was very smart. Am I am I off base here? <laughs> no, the two the two aren't mutually exclusive. No, they being aren't. a sociopath or being smart. May I may I begin my outrage now? Please okay. do. Okay, <clears throat> first of all, just because you're a Christian does not make you an atheist, which I think was what she was saying there. Huh? If not being a Christian. Mm-hmm does not make you an atheist true you can be a buddhist you can be you can be a a mormon you can you can be all kinds of things without being quote-unquote orthodox christian but not necessarily are you an atheist i think the way that she was terming this uh, terming this was that if he's not a christian then he's an atheist jim jones discovered the same thing that mao discovered that Paul Pot discovered and what goes on in North Korea right now is that you can invent your own religion based <laughs> around you. That doesn't make you an atheist. That makes you just the 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 the, the beginning cent- the, the center of a, a cult of personality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know that even today the dead grandfather of Kim Il Jung uh Kim is Il- still is still the head of state mm-hmm. in yeah. in North Korea. 
uh, it, it, it's kind of a trinity mm-hmm. <laughs> between his grandfather, his father, and him. Yeah, Kim Il Sung is the yeah. is the leader. Um, Kim Jong Il, I can't remember what his title is. Is the head is. of state still? Yeah. Yes, as Christopher Hitchens once put it, it's a, necrocr- a necrocracy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, Jim Jones did what uh, people who have this sociopathy, if I may uh, put it that way, um, that preys on people's weakness, and that is that we are pattern-seeking mammals. Mm -hmm. And because we are pattern-seeking mammals, and we are the only mammals who know of our own deaths that we know of, we look for answers. Mm -hmm. And when you take that level of credulity into uh, that, and we all have this weakness. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. We all have this weakness. Uh, but that's where how you get Jim Jones, and that's how he got 2,000 people, is because he preyed on that credulity. He preyed on that weakness. Mm-hmm. And, and vulnerability, too. I'm sorry? And vulnerability, too. Oh, absolutely. There's oh, yeah. a reason. There's a reason why he played up the fact that he was a socialist church and the fact that yeah. he was... Uh, welcoming to all races. Mm-hmm. It's because in the 60s and the 70s, there was one, um, shall we say, um, uh, underrepresented <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. society. Uh, so uh, he used that as well to get more for- followers. Absolutely. Yeah. So Outrage over. Sorry. Okay. Oh, no problem. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let, let us move on here. Charles Gary was People's Temple attorney for two years. Jim Jones had tremendous charisma. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever met anybody with more charisma. He was very fascinating, very enthusiastic in what he had to say, and very convincing. It's only when you begin to read between the lines as you knew him over a period of time that you begin to get the feeling that he had a tremendous ego. And that ego was almost destructive. As Temple membership soared, Jones became increasingly political. He mobilized thousands to help elect the late San Francisco mayor, George Moscone, who rewarded him with the prestigious directorship of the Housing Authority. Jim Jones was highly respected in San Francisco. He supported Ronald Reagan as governor and Richard Nixon. He was a tremendous champion of free speech, civil rights, civil liberties, anything that was progressive and good. So, uh, let's see. Jim Jones had an ego. You don't say. (laughs) This is, this shocks me completely. Can I make another little unscientific uh, observation? Sure. I, I always make a joke. As great as I think that he was. And please let me make that clear. Um, Roy Orbison always looked like a bit of a child molester to me. <laughs> and Jim Jones had that same vibe. Mm-hmm. He just did have that, you know, he was a clown in a previous life kind of look. Yeah, uh, the, the, the sunglasses didn't help. Actually, you know yeah. what? Actually, you know what? The sunglasses did help because him without his glasses looks even worse. <laughs> One of the things I, I I picked up on that was when uh, was when uh, Charles Gary the lawyer said that that it was almost destructive. Hmm? Oh, wait, what do you mean almost destructive? 
Almost, really? Uh, it was destructive. I mean, there, there, there are a lot of people who are dead because yeah. of him. So it, his ego wasn't almost destructive. <laughs> it was destructive. Oh. Well, so so he allowed. He had originally allowed uh, the media to film a service in L.A., and then he. He he reneged on that promise because he feared media persecution. He uh, so now what you're seeing in this at this point is you know he's starting now to control access. Yeah, and you know now and, and I guarantee you he's telling his followers you know quit reading the newspapers quit. You know, don't don't believe anything negative you read or hear about this church, which goes on today with Scientologists, with with Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm so I am currently, as we record this, we're recording this uh, in mid January. I am currently reading a book about uh, a cult in North Carolina called the Word of Faith Fellowship. She was a treat. Oh my god. <laughs> it is uh it, it's an the the book the book that I'm reading is an author's copy. It's a uh, it's a proof copy. So look look for this book. It's called Broken Faith. When it comes out, uh look for it and read it. Uh Jane what's Jane her last Whaley. name? Yeah, that's it. So Ugh. And and this uh this is also a spoiler for uh for Leonard's final comments at the end. Uh yes, uh, uh cults can continue on today. <laughs> oh yeah. Heaven's Gate, Brandon. Well, look at look look at the neck look at the Nexium people. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just in the news. So All right. Uh next clip and now things are things are starting to get interesting. Every single member of your family had to get on the floor and say something negative about you. And that was to break down any ties and unity within a family so that when you did come to the realization that something was wrong and you wanted to leave, you could not feel the bond to go to a family member and say, listen, something's wrong here. Let's get out. To this, um, Tommy Bogue was seven years old when his parents brought him to People's Temple. They had these little kids, maybe six, seven years old, going to this room. And then make them grab hold of these these electrode things, and they start turning up the electricity on. And they'd put a microphone next to the door, and you start hearing them screaming. You know, I mean, it sounds. I mean, it's bloody chilling. It's the only way I can really put it. You, you know, he wanted to use different words. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, there was a. Uh, yeah, you know, there was probably another take in there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um. Yeah. This is. When I first watched this episode and and heard that, uh, my blood started boiling because also the same that same the same night I watched this. Uh, also in the book, I got to the point where they were in in this uh, in Word of Faith Fellowship where they were uh, blasting, as they call it, uh, children. Which is basically screaming in their face and speaking in tongues to the point of um, making people sick, like physically ill. So, 
And basically what's what's being described in this previous clip here, uh, this is how a cult works. Uh, They break you down. They bring you, you know, they 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 bring people down to their lowest point and then build them back up the way they want them. Yeah. Um, And then uh, Jim Jones only allowed women in his upper echelon, you know, no, uh, no men. Uh, could it be, uh, is also boinking them and then stealing Congrian's wives as well? No. <laughs> uh, another, uh, interesting, uh, documentary to look out for is, uh, what's called the women of Jonestown. Oliver. Th- thank you, Oliver, for telling me about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, very frightening. <laughs> um, so now we get to a point where, uh, the people are now downing Guyana. They really, they kind of glossed over everything that, you know, uh, how they ended up moving from San Francisco to Guyana. <laughs> you know, it's a, you know, not exactly like a crosstown move here. Um, so what was it? Uh, well, he, he was, preparing his exile basically you know because you know he wanted to isolate his followers he wanted to isolate his church from the outside world from as some religions would call it worldly people um so apparently life in jonestown was ideal for the followers you know the the followers loved it and then jim jones came down (laughs) Uh, he was, uh, he came down finally, you know, escaping legal action against him. Gee, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Um, and negative press coverage, of course. Uh, once he came down, uh, they had meetings that went deep into the night, as they say in here, like three or four o'clock in the morning. And, uh, you know, then they had to have 12 hour work days too, so. Of course, cause if you're tired, you oh, yeah. can't. Yeah, you can't revolt. You can't revolt. You can't think. Ben, you know it's 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 part of the breaking down process. Yeah, I've I've been there as far as the working. You know, like working long hours. Not part of a cult or anything, but (laughs) I I worked for a company where you know they wanted us to work uh, twelve hours a day, seven days a week, and that got a little that got a little rough. Yeah, Yeah, I can imagine. I got a little grumpy. So, here we go. As more people packed into Jonestown, food supplies ran low. Jones controlled millions in temple funds, but refused to spend it on food or adequate housing. Isolated in the jungle, news from outside came to him in radioed fragments. His fears and suspicions multiplied. Quite likely I'll be there for both. For 900 people, life became an answer to one man's whim. Jonestown was their entire reality. Jim Jones was their god. He, he was more of a more of a totalitarian leader rather than a benevolent leader. So he was more he, he was more Old Testament God than uh, New Testament Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to use that. Um, so another, another part of the, uh, breaking down process, um, 
Well, first of all, Jones seemed to be the only person who was allowed near the radio to learn, you know, to hear any news or anything. So he was controlling the information. Um, so apparently, uh, Jones, Jones was, his voice was broadcast 24 hours a day, uh, during, as they said, during work, meals, and sleep. Sound familiar? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. This is another trait of a cult. Mm -hmm. I mean, any, any doubt that this wasn't a cult, uh, (laughs) or... If, there, if there's any disagreement, uh, you know, please just just think about it. All right, next clip, and uh, I really have nothing. I I'm really not going to have anything to say after that. When Grace Stone carried her custody battle for her son John John into Guyanese courts, Jones was beside himself. By any chance, you would make a mistake to try to come in and take any one of us. We will not let you. You will die. You will have to take anybody over all of our dead bodies. Jim Jones was not sane. He had not been sane since I saw him in August of 1978. His paranoia was destructive. I warned him about his paranoia, but he treated that as though I was an enemy. I got a hell of a lot of weapons to fight. I got my claws, I got guns, I got dynamite, I got a hell of a lot to fight. I'll fight, I'll fight, What can I add? <laughs> what, what can anyone add to that? I mean, that's not a church. That's not that. That's not that's not a neighborhood church. You know, that that's not your you know your your local pastor talking. No, this is this is a cult leader. This is a very dangerous person, as we will find out, as we already know. Mm-hmm. So, to hopefully allay people's fears, uh, Congressman Leo Ryan went down to Jonestown with a camera crew. Worst and, business trip ever. <sighs> and the trip seemed to be successful after the first day. But then several members uh, had fled into the woods the following evening, and several other members asked to leave with the congressman. Uh which this sent Jim Jones into a a spiral. Uh, he sent his security militia basically uh, out to the airport where the congressmen and the defectors were leaving, and they opened fire. Uh, congressman Leo Ryan and three others were killed, and ten other people were wounded. Uh, Jones was convinced that the Guyanese army was going to parachute in on them any minute and torture and kill them. Uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is not... Wow. (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it's just it's rampant paranoia. But again, this is something that's a telltale sign of a cult is that mm-hmm. all the world is again all the world is against us. Oh yeah. And Leo Ryan was basically going to report that it was a cult. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's really that's really why he was killed. With and it's funny that um, five people were killed, and I believe none of them were the defectors. No. Uh, one one of course was Leo Ryan. Three were press people, and one was his assistant, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Um, so it, you know this this kind of all the world is against us is another also it's well. It, this is all. This is a kind of a thing of all religions, mm-hmm. you know, that every other religion or every other people hates us, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so we've got to all band together. It's kind of a groupthink tactic, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, so not surprising whatsoever. The, the thought that the Guyanese army would have anything to do with them. <laughs> First of all, was there a Guyanese army in 1978? That's number one. I'm, I'm not sure. Number two, could they afford parachutes? <laughs> and number three, uh, as we found from D.B. Cooper, uh, perhaps parachuting into a lot, where a lot of trees are is not the greatest thing for your health. So I don't know if that would, you know. True. You're, you're, you're bringing up one of the other best episodes of this uh, series. So Yes. <laughs> but I'm biased. Hmm. Yes. Uh, there was a point um, in that clip when they when they were sort of interviewing. I, I don't know if it's in that clip or, or one of the later clips when they were sort of talking about them leaving. I thought there were there was a, a point where the guy who was telling the story and I forget his name, but where there was a real sense of tension hmm. because at one point they he he says they stopped to take photos, mm-hmm. right? Because like oh, the yeah. news people, yeah. that's what news people do, right? They take mm-hmm. photos. Um, and he said, no, we told them don't stop, keep going for mm-hmm. me. I, I, I felt that that was a real moment in the episode where there was, you, you could, you could feel the danger oh, yeah. and you could understand that this guy was terrified yeah. and he knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And here are these, I, I don't want to say dumb, but sort of ignorant you know, in the sense that they didn't quite grasp what yeah, was they, going on. Yeah, they did. The reporters who didn't quite understand. Yeah, no, like I, I don't even think Leo Ryan really grasped the, 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 right. the full weight of what was going on. You know, because they didn't see. You know, they didn't, they didn't hear. You know, uh, Jones's words. They didn't. You know, all those other clips. Like the, the clip of him, you know, completely going off saying he's got guns, he's got bombs. That was before anyone arrived. Exactly. You know, these were, you know, this was only heard by his congregants. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, I think that moment when, when the guy said, we told them not to stop, mm-hmm. just keep going, that there was a real moment of, you know, tension and terror mm-hmm. there. And I thought it was, it, I thought it was really effective. That, that was that, that, that was, that would, that was, uh, that Tommy Bogue, wasn't it? The one who was talking yeah, earlier. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause he was wounded. Uh, he was, in, he was on the plane already and got hit with a bullet. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So, uh, next clip. Odell Rhodes is one of the few surviving eyewitnesses to what happened next in Jonestown. Jim Jones came over the speaker system himself, and he called everyone to a general meeting. It's too late. The Congress is dead. The Congress is dead. Many of our traitors are dead. They're all laying out their dead. He told us that the Guyanese army would parachute in on us, and uh, they would torture 
older people and babies and that, you know, when they come, you know, we should all be dead. If we can't live in peace, then let's die in peace. We've been so betrayed. We've been so terribly betrayed. And uh, I was just looking. I mean, here are people my age, uh, older people, younger people, and they were, for the most part, they were voluntarily taking at the time. They were voluntarily drinking poison. This is a revolutionary suicide. This is not a self-destructive suicide. Please, for God's sake, let's get on with it. We've lived. We've lived as no other people have lived and loved. We've had as much of this world as you're going to get. Let's just be done with it. Let's be done with the agony of it. Eyewitness Stanley Clayton. Some people was not getting up out of their seat. They were sitting there, you know, um, scareless. You know, the deaf, you know, don't want, they don't want to do this. Where people with the, the with Jim Jones there, you know, uh, imposing himself on these people, uh, pulling people out of the chair, you know, and saying, it's time, you know, we do not want, you know, the GDF to come in here and castrate us. Or we do not want them to come in and shoot us down like dogs. You know, let's die with dignity and so forth. In fact, that people listened to that but then there were some that didn't listen to that and those who did not listen to that were forcibly pulled up out of their seats if they didn't go over there they were injected right there hurry my children hurry they does not fall in the hands of the enemy hurry my children quickly 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 so yeah uh some people were you know fully on board and drank uh others most others no they did not get up they uh they were injected or they were force fed poison and there is something something else that came out later um the bodies like you see the like the one of the most famous pictures is the what is it three or four women that are all like laying face down with their yeah. arms around each other. Mm-hmm. That was posed by one of Jones's henchmen. Before, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. A lot of those photos, a lot of those, you know, a lot of what you see was posed. Um, to make. You know, to make it look like people were dying together and, you know, willingly. Yeah. No, no, they weren't. Uh, they were. Jim Jones went from being classified as a cult leader to being classified as a mass murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is accurate. Um, he was. Uh, like I said, he was shot in the head because, well, he wasn't going to drink the poison. No, because no. the the thing was, you know, the the way they the way they mixed up the poison, it was supposed to be quick. Uh, people were drinking it and writhing in pain on the ground. So, uh this is I, think, I think the question also has to be asked, and I don't think it's ever been answered, What's uh, at least to my knowledge, is why did they have so much cyanide on hand? For that purpose. Yeah. Exactly. That was a... That, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, also, they, they mentioned that he controlled uh, millions of dollars in funds for the temple. And, uh, yeah, a lot of that was going to barbiturates. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah. the other thing that they didn't bring up during the episode. That, oh, yeah. That he was, he was a drug. He was, he was, mm-hmm. he was an addict. I don't think anyone knew that until his son came out. Right. Um, his son didn't come. His son didn't come out until like six or seven years later. No, and we're not talking about volume here. We're no, talking no. about like the, the good. I mean, the, the classic good stuff. Oh yeah, like barbiturates and things mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah, he was. He was. He was a full-on junkie. Um. So yeah, that was a. Uh, that hearing about it even to this day gives me chills. Mm-hmm. You know, just the description of it. And I can't fathom it. I can't fathom being a part of this. But it can happen to anyone just because, you know, no matter... And you know it doesn't matter how educated you are. I mean, you could be, you could have, you could have multiple PhDs and get sucked into a cult. You, you know, you just if you're in the right frame of mind and you're susceptible to the manipulation, you can end up in there. So, absolutely. Uh, so final clip. Organizations that offer solutions to all of life's problems can be seductive, but also perilous. Might the lesson of Jonestown help people avoid the danger? The church was bizarre at the end, but it didn't start out that way. What a person saw the church in the beginning and what they saw afterwards were two different things. People were tricked, and I believe that most people can be tricked. So, yeah, uh, I don't... Let's see. I don't think the lessons at Jonestown have fully taken hold yet. No, uh, and they never will. No, uh, you know we've had we've had Heaven's Gate. We've had, you know, I, we've gone through the list already. We can go the through. Ja- it again. Remember the Japanese subway thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, you got. It's still happening. You know, the the one that I was just talking about, the Word of Faith Fellowship. That one is still going on. Yeah, I mean, whenever you have somebody offering answers to people, mm-hmm. they're going to uh, cling to that because you know not not only are we pattern seeking seeking mammals mammals, but we want to you know we want to be a part of something, right? We want to understand things, mm-hmm. right? We want to feel like we belong, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and you can see it all all through even today, even even in sort of like lower levels with you know politicians and thing and things like that. You know, and, you know people people like Boris Johnson and Donald Trump and you know Jordan Peterson. You know, and people on the left as well as we've already talked about, like Paul Pot and mm-hmm. and Stalin, things like that. You know, as people who are giving you know um, answers. To people who feel alienated. Right. You know. You know. I, I, you know, I certainly feel that, you know, I'll probably never get sucked into a cult. 
but uh you know never say never uh you know i i don't what you're you're a member of the kiss army aren't you oh yeah yeah <laughs> there you go you're a member of the show you're a member of the show hole aren't you oh yeah <laughs> the show hole cult there we go so Oh, so yeah, that was the end of that. Uh, anyone have anything else to add? I mean, you know, what else could we add? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a must see. I think people. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably one of the best episodes they've done. Yes, I I absolutely agree. I, and they did not they did not hold back much. No, I mean they they really. I mean the fact that they played that that. I mean that completely unhinged clip of him. You know the the one where he's screaming about you know we have guns we have, you know, yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> that's you know if if you're like you know if you're a, if if you're you know a twelve year old watching this show you know you might be a little scared yeah <laughs> so alrighty uh, Oliver why don't you tell people they can find you on the internet uh, you can find me on Twitter at Oliver Rockside Steve. You can find me on Twitter at Doc Pinko. You can find me at Alien CG, and you can find this podcast at Illuminati Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good week. Toodles, kids. See ya.